Slick V on the track. God is calling me. I'm in a zone. I gotta see my doctor. God is calling me. God me. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, I don't want to waste any time because we've got a big week this week. We do. We're very excited to uh, welcome on a guest, um, very special guest this week. Um, and he's someone we both look up to in uh, the industry and someone we look forward to um, getting to know a little bit more and uh, doing this for our studio audience. Wait, is that my Is that Josh Pate music? That's Josh Pate music. We have on Josh Pate from 24-7 Sports. Uh, he's corrected us a couple of times here. We've been saying 247 like a bunch of goobers, but it's 24-7 Sports. He hosts the Late Kick show, Late Kick Live. He has the Late Kick podcast as well for any overflow um, that he doesn't get to on his live show. But welcome on, Josh Pate. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, sorry I jumped the gun there. I'm new to media, so I don't know. <laughs> well, I said studio audience, and I was just like, I, I didn't know when Jacob was playing the music, so I was trying to do my best. But you know what? We let our hair down. It's the Extra Point Pod, so. I know my hair's down, and I appreciate you having me. Dude, it's an honor. Well, Josh, I'd love for you to just tell our guests or our audience a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, so I am uh, six foot one. I'm 220 pounds. I hail from Columbus, Georgia, just north of there in Forts in Georgia. Um, I dress like a flood victim most of the time, but I have a really good heart. And so, you know, I, I just try to not flaunt things in terms of a wardrobe. And so, um, no, I, I, uh, I grew up down in Columbus. Like I dreamed about doing this my whole life, like a lot of folks do of our ilk, shall I say, and got uh, fortunate enough slash put myself in the right place enough to where Got a shot on radio down there that turned into a shot in local TV and got to do a lot of things in local TV and uh, anchoring sports was one of them. Anchoring news was one of them stuff. I never thought people would be paying me to do or even allowing me to do for free, to be honest with you. And so turned that into an opportunity to use that TV station down there to produce some of my own independent content out of. And fortunately that got seen by, the uh, high-level mustaches here at 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports. And now, really, and I've uh, been here since January, loving it, work with world-class folks, the best in the industry, bar none. And I said that long before they paid me to say it, trust me. And so, um, been having a lot of fun here. Been doing late kick here for a few months. I was doing it independently before that. And so, um, seeing tremendous growth and I, I, still think we've only scratched the surface of what we're capable of here. You say a few months, but it's been almost a year um, already. This year's flown by, but um, you know, you kind of answered our second question of just kind of jumping into what the, what the journey has been like, uh, but just kind of maybe what uh, is, a, you know, your favorite part of your job, maybe something that's least favorite. Um, what do you enjoy the most? Yeah. Well, I enjoy the fact that what I used to pay money to be able to do, which is go to games, like someone pays me to do that now, which I don't think will ever sink in for me, to be honest with you. It always fascinates me sometimes, like when you'll be at games and you'll walk through a press box and people are, people look like you would if you were, you know, dragging into work at 7.48 a.m. to sit behind a desk for eight hours. Like, I, I mean, when I used to work in a fabric warehouse, I wasn't crazy about showing up to work 
to haul fabric around a warehouse for eight hours. Some of these folks who are covering college football for a living look like that beyond me. Can't explain it, but that's my passion. So I love doing that. Now, as for the part that I don't like, I, you know, it's obviously it's 2020. So everyone's been impacted differently. Like when I got here, not too long after that, my building got hit by a tornado. So I was evacuated from here for a while and then COVID hit. So we went into lockdown. So to be honest, um, like that, I guess would be the answer. Like, it's not fun being hit by a tornado. I don't prefer it certainly. And I also, you know, it's, it's not ideal to be working out of an apartment instead of, you know, living in downtown Nashville and experiencing Nashville. So I guess the worst part of my job is no different than the worst part of everyone else's job because I've only experienced 24 seven in 2020, which has been abnormal from the start. hundred percent. Well, let's dive into our picks. We got a big week this week. We got some really good matchups that we're going to get to pick. Daniel, what's a game that we're not picking this week you're excited to watch? Yeah, so I'm looking at that Louisiana and App State game on Friday night. Um, You know, App State, they just played Coastal Carolina. So they just got, you know, a heavyweight battle. And it was, you know, it's a team that's kind of on the up and up. And then App State, who's been at the top of this level, um, and then Louisiana, it seems kind of like the same, same thing where they're kind of new to this big game party and, you know, they're a top 25 team, but App State's favorite at home by two and a half. So I like that. Um, I like App State. I like them in this matchup and it's going to be a fun Friday night. I'm definitely excited to watch that one. That's a good one, man. Uh, how about Ohio State and Michigan State? I think this Ohio State's going to win going away. But the implications of this game, this could be Ohio State's final showing, perhaps, <laughs> before, they're, uh, before they want to get in the college football playoff. So maybe some style points for Ohio State. Maybe we see just an electrifying offense with Justin Fields and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson and these playmakers. Or does Mel Tucker have something in the shoot for Ohio State? You know, his two, he, he's had two really good wins this year, but – I'm excited to watch that game because of the implications that game could have on the rest of the season for Ohio State. We got seven big games to pick this week. Let's just start right off the top. We got a big one in the SEC. Auburn's at home against Texas A&M. They're seven-point underdogs. Texas A&M, college football playoff is on the horizon for them. Daniel, lead us off on the Plains. Yeah, I mean, this is something where you've got a team who's got everything to lose versus a team that has nothing to lose. So A&M, they're feeling the pressure to perform, especially after last week, 20-7 to versus LSU. Didn't get any style points for them. Like I said on our reaction pod that, you know, they could, they could just easily look to this and say, hey, this was a defensive struggle, and they could write it off if they finished with two big games. Um, I think that's what it's going to take. Like I said, though, Auburn has nothing to lose, and that kind of team gets scary. Um, they could also quit. So this is one of those tough ones to play, um, Auburn getting, you know, the break speed off of them. But I think A&M's rush defense will be the difference in this game. I think they make um, Auburn one-dimensional. And so I really like that aspect of AM. I think A&M will be able to run the ball. Um, so I'm going to stick with – I actually had changed this one a couple times. I'm going to go A&M laying the seven. Josh, what about you? 
Well, I mean, the one-dimensional aspect, certainly I agree with. But, I, you know, to be honest with you, Auburn's done a pretty darn good job of making Auburn one-dimensional this year. So A&M certainly does not help matters at all. I think Texas A&M's probably able to do every bit to them defensively what they were able to do to LSU last week, also what Alabama was able to do to Auburn last week. It's a really active front. It's a very multiple front. Uh, this is a, an inferior offensive line uh, with Auburn relative to what they've had in the past. Uh, and even then, you know, at full strength. They're down a notch. They've also got injuries to deal with. Having said that, though, you know, I really hope for AM's sake that the rust that we saw last week offensively from them was just that rust. There's another thing in play, though, and that is LSU showing no fear whatsoever with stacking the box and therefore limiting what they could do on the ground. Isaiah Spiller has been held under 100 yards twice this year at that was against Arkansas and Alabama, I believe. Didn't do a whole lot last week. They had one offensive touchdown last week. What I hope is that they're able to stay ahead of the chains a whole lot more this week. I think they will be. Um, it is a very important week. It is a pivotal week for them offensively. It is a pivotal week for them as a football team. My numbers actually lean Auburn here slightly. I override those, and uh, we have not been all that great at nailing AM games this year. So I. I'm going to, since I'm not actually betting this game, I'm going to override my own model, and I'm going to go A&M to win and A&M to cover. First one. Yeah. A&M, it's just, I did a little bit of a stat dive. I mean, A&M is just a little bit better than Auburn across the board. Like, in all aspects. And, Daniel, I like what you said about the one-dimensional stuff. Texas A&M's front seven, front seven is super stout. Uh, Texas A&M was not glamorous on offense last week. They really haven't been glamorous on offense all season, but they do have an identity in offense with that run game. Auburn does not have an identity on offense uh, with this Chad Morris offense. I think that experiment has failed. And with Auburn's poor play on the offensive line, I just don't think they, you know, I think they keep it close. Like you said, Daniel, I think that they've got nothing to lose. And Gus Malzahn backed into a corner tends to pull out (laughs) these kind of wins sometimes, but I'll take A&M to cover. I like A&M like 28 to 20, another low-scoring game. And, again, I just don't know if Texas A&M is going to get any style points as they're marching towards this potential college ball playoff berth. And that may hurt them moving forward, especially if Ohio State, the Big Ten, amends those rules and Ohio State gets a Big Ten championship in there. So I think Texas A&M needs some style points here against Auburn. It would be really important. But I just don't know if they get it. But I'll still take them to cover. Uh, next game we got – we. We made an audible here. We got TCU as a two-and-a-half-point home dog to Oklahoma State out in the Big 12. Daniel, lead us off. Yeah, I mean, I've been on Oklahoma State, you know, for most of this year. Um, I think that Spencer Sanders, you know, I'll stand by what I said. I think that he does make this team different. I think he makes them – their offense able to go, and they can put yards up on anybody. Um, His issue is turnovers, and it just comes down to that. He fumbles the ball. He's thrown five picks this year, only to six touchdowns in his uh, limited action. Um, I do think they can run the ball. But, you know, it's tough for me. I'm going to take TCU um, with the points. And I'm just going to ride it out and see what happens. This one, like you said, is an audible going on a gut. Um, I just don't think, I think Oklahoma was gut or Oklahoma state was gut punched when they lost to Oklahoma the way that they did. And, you know, I don't know how much they're playing for 
left now. So I'm going to take TCU plus the two and a half. Josh? Yeah, the important thing to note here now is Oklahoma State still has, uh, theoretically, a shot at a Big 12 championship berth. So all is not lost there, first off. Secondly, um, they have that to sell. Thirdly, you know, I think uh, the loss of a lot of personnel this year from either an opt-out standpoint or COVID standpoint has been greatly overblown, greatly over-exaggerated in the betting market. Even coming off last week and, and what you saw last week in terms of a Vegas underachievement, you know, like we, we were huge. I was huge on Oklahoma State last week and lost via backdoor cover. What it showed me in the ability to put up half 100 points was all the motivation factors out the window. Don't care about that. It's obviously still there. They go into this game this week. I don't have to worry about a two-possession thing because it's a two-and-a-half-point spread or wherever we have it. It's under a field goal. Uh, my numbers love Oklahoma State this week. I'm going to ride them this week. I'll take them to win, and I will take them to cover even on the road. Yeah, I'll take the Cowboys here. I, th- I just think they're a better team. And with with this low of a point spread, yeah, like Oklahoma State, I think the offense gets clicking. I, I was impressed by them putting a 55 last week um, against Texas Tech, whose defense is not great given. But uh, I do like Oklahoma State laying the points on the road. I just think they're a better team than TCU in this spot. Let's go to the SEC. We got a game that might not get a whole lot of attention other than a really good team that's playing in it. We got Tennessee hosting the Florida Gators. Tennessee is a 17-point home underdog. Is this the last year, Jamie Pruitt? <laughs> Could this be one of the nails in the coffin, Daniel Edesoff? Um, You know, to answer your question, I mean, it, it could be. Uh, Tennessee is very impatient as a fan base, but – which SEC fan base isn't impatient. Um, Tennessee's bad. And I don't think that that's, you know, that's not a surprise to anybody um, at this point. Um, they have, I guess we're in the same place that we've been with Jeremy Pruitt in the quarterbacks. Um, he's, you know, diet Kirby smart. You know, he's one of these that's going to, throw out, say, hey, I'm going to play this quarterback, but I don't know how much he's going to play. Or I'm gonna, He said that with Harrison Bailey this week. And, you know, I don't know what we're doing with, with Jared Garantano or whoever else takes snaps, um, but you, you're breaking in whoever against Florida. And, I mean, as much as it pains me to say it, I mean, Florida is just I've, – I've made the mistake of thinking Florida couldn't cover 17 points earlier in the season. Um, I think they're going to open this up, and it's it's a, a rivalry game. I expect Florida to cover big, um, maybe by I mean at least three touchdowns, four touchdowns. Maybe they're gonna they're gonna rub it in if they can. Josh, yeah, I think it was finally made public today. If it wasn't, I'm making it public now. Uh, Garantano's been in quarantine for a little while, so I don't expect him to start Saturday. So I think, for better or for worse, we'll finally see a Harrison Bailey start, which you know selfishly because I want Tennessee to be good. I have wanted to see happen for a while. Um, and you, so you, look at, you can look at this one of two ways. You can either say, oh, man, that's a true freshman, bapt- baptism by fire here against the top five, top six caliber team. And that's true. But yet, I mean, is, this is the SEC, and he's a high-profile quarterback. He was highly regarded coming out of high school. you got to play. Like, there's only one way to get experience. And number two, you can say that. You know, it's kind of a cliche. Oh, it's a top ten team. You're going to play big rivalry. Well, this is not a top 10 defense you're going to play. Let me put it that way. So there are worse situations to be in than debuting against the Florida defense. And so 
on one hand, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my numbers here and what our model thinks about this game. I mean, the, the model slightly, <laughs> this is called word salad because I'm trying to find it. Our model thinks it's right on the number. So, I mean, we've got a 38 to 22, 38, 23, one, something like that. So uh, I'm going to slightly, ever so slightly lean Tennessee and the points with the understanding that I still expect a, a pretty comfortable floor to win. I just think there may be, and, I, and when I say maybe, just slightly more offensive pushback from Tennessee this week than you're used to seeing. So I'll go Florida to win. I'll go Tennessee to cover, though. Tennessee back against the wall, right? Everyone's question what they're doing with the offense. For Florida, this is an SEC East clinching game. They, like, they, they punched their ticket to Atlanta with this game. Florida's going to win going away. Here's Tennessee's chances to cover, in my opinion. One, have a good rushing attack. Well, they're averaging 3.8 yards per carry on the year. Two, when the turnover, when the time of possession battle, excuse me, well, they're, they've lost in almost every game they've played. They're averaging 28 minutes a game for time of possession. Get off the field on third down. They rank 116th in the country on offense on, for third down conversion percentage. And then don't turn the ball over. Well, you got a freshman quarterback. So I don't know if you will or not, but if you're not checking the first three, I'll lay the points here with Florida. I mean, I think they went pretty big here. Like, they're smelling blood. Now, Tennessee might have a good offensive performance, but are they going to stop Florida from scoring 45, 48? Like, we'll see. But I'll lay the points of Florida. I'll lay the 17. I like Florida going away here. We got a fun one of names. We got the Iowa State Cyclones. My Iowa State Cyclones. Josh's Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, Seven-point home favorites against West Virginia, who has had a great year, and I'm still mad at us for – Picking them to go one and nine, so I'm sorry, sorry, Mountain You picked Nears. them to go one and nine. Did I hear that right? Yeah, we did. We did. Let me. Um, can I just can I just be real? Yeah, yeah. that's pathetic. That's, I that's know. Just a pathetic thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, it, no. <clears throat> that was not our best work. That was not our best work. But we did pick Iowa State to go nine and two, and by all means, they're about to go nine and two. So we. We welcome. got one of them right. <laughs> yeah, you got a seat way back on the caboose, but welcome. Welcome aboard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so as far as this game goes, obviously, you know, like, like you mentioned, Jacob, you've been on Iowa State all year. Um, we know Josh has. I mean, he's, you know, he bleeds whatever the colors are, yellow well, and cardinal and gold. Arm open. Here's the thing about me. Here's how you know that I am Iowa State through and through. If you cut me open, I bleed red. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh, that's impressive. That's a true story. I you believe know, that. That, you heard it here first, guys. Um, but as, I mean, as far as this game goes, I mean, we looked at West Virginia last week because they were supposed to play Oklahoma. And obviously that game got canceled. And that was really my first time even realizing that West Virginia's pass defense is ranked number one in the nation. Now, their overall defense, as far as yardage goes, I mean – fourth in the nation. Um, yeah, they've had some games to kind of pad those stats. They've played Kansas. They've played some teams. But, they, you know, they've got some teams on their schedule that they, these were impressive um, games nonetheless. So um, I do think that West Virginia has the uh, better defense statistic. Well, I know they have the better defense statistically. I think they have a better defense um, than Iowa State. Um, they, West Virginia is more consistent in the passing attack which I think is going to be big down the stretch, uh, especially if Iowa State becomes one-dimensional. Um, yeah, I'm not going to 
I'm not going to get in. I think that this is a close game. I'm going to take West Virginia plus seven. Josh? Very worried about this because I have a, a decided rooting interest here, but I would never let that get in the way of making cold, hard cash. Uh, my model favors this West Virginia spot for them to the Louisiana game in week one, the profile, the, the overall profile set looks very similar. And you obviously remember what happened from there. Painful memory, uh, but it happened nonetheless. Uh, I am very worried about an outright upset here. I will slightly lean Iowa State to win the game, but I certainly am taking West Virginia and the points. This is a principal play. You just – sometimes you think with your head and sometimes you think with your heart. And for this pick right here, I'm going to think of my heart and I'm going to lay – like the points of Iowa State. I do think Iowa State has a stout defensive front to make West Virginia one-dimensional. In a close game, I will take the coaching advantage with Matt Campbell. I think riding the high of the Texas victory last week, uh, then they're bought into this coaching staff. They know that – I mean, this is the official, you know, Big 12 championship closeout game. Then to go play in that game against – most likely a rematch against Oklahoma. But – I, I like Brock Purdy in the court, like of the two quarterbacks. I like the rushing attack the offense brings. West Virginia has a stout defense, but if Iowa State can get to 30, I think they win the game. And if they're going to win, I think they win by a touchdown. So I, I'm right around that touchdown range, but it's close. So I like the Cyclones. I'll lay the point. I'll lay the seven points with Iowa State. I'll be on the island there. Unfortunately, I thought you know I thought Josh you might go with me, but I had seen on Twitter that the model was was leaning West Virginia. So you're on your own. And listen, <laughs> you talk about coaching advantage. Pay close attention. All those coaching search updates that have Matt Campbell, they also got Neil Brown. So I don't know that uh, as as much as I love Matt Campbell, I don't know that that's the huge coaching advantage or edge that maybe they had last week in Austin. Shocking though that may sound. <laughs> right, right. Let's go to the Big Ten. Wisconsin has only played. Three games going up against Indiana, and unfortunately, going up against Indiana without Michael Penix Jr. So Wisconsin's a fourteen favorite, fourteen point favorite at home. Daniel, where are you going with this one? Yeah, you know, it's disappointing because he is their their counterpunch against the the teams that you know have more talent than them, or you know we expect to beat them. Um, you know, I think that he he's somewhat of an equalizer. Um, Indiana has been a lot of these games so far this year where they have escaped with a win. Um, they've been outgained. There's, you know, the box score has lent itself to look like the other team should win and Indiana's flat out won. Um, and then against Ohio state, they got down early and then, you know, the great receivers they have there, Fry Fogel, you know, a few guys there, uh, Watt Filler, and they were throwing the ball down the field, Michael Penix Jr. Um, I, I just can't overlook that injury. I think that Wisconsin's defense is would already make me feel good about this game. Um, the fact that they're going to be playing a backup quarterback, um, on principle alone, I would be going with Wisconsin um, laying the 14. And then, you know, huge Graham Mertz guy. It is Mertz season. so. Um, give me, give me the Badgers and laying the 14. Josh, there is nothing on this. Well, there are a few things on this planet. I love more 
than betting teams when they play their backup quarterback. People think I'm messing around when I say that. I'm dead serious. The market always overcorrects. It's overcorrected here. You ask, you talk about folks who say, oh, Indiana's got to play their backup quarterback. Well, that's accurate. But at the same time, can anyone tell me anything about the kid? Does anyone know anything about Jack Tuttle? Anyone know his former four-star from Southern California, went to Utah and then transferred to Indiana? Does anyone know that someone once looked at him and thought his game was enough to put four stars next to his name? I work at that company. So, like, I know the people who scouted <laughs> him. The West Coast guys are very high on him. And so, yeah, certainly there's a reason why the starter is the starter and the backup is the backup. But I'll tell you this, sometimes you notice in those first weeks when a new quarterback's in there – you kind of have that cattle prod effect of it's like a stun gun at first because they don't know what to expect from him. I love Indiana plus the points in this spot. I think they're going to be competitive and a lot more competitive than people expect them to be in the game. So how many are you giving me? You give me 14, 14 and a half. What am 14, I getting? 14. Love it. Love it. I'll take them plus two touchdowns all day. Yeah. I'm going to Indiana too. I, so at first I thought, you know, Oh, what's Jack Tuttle going to have to do? It's a very pass-heavy offense. They pass a lot more than they run. The offensive line is giving Michael Penix Jr. a lot of time to throw, and he's got elite receivers. Like, these receivers have made some plays, and that is a quarterback's best friend, not having a lot of experience. But I'm with you. Yeah, I, I had to look up Jack Tuttle as I was doing research for the game. <laughs> but, yeah, I saw, I saw the four stars, and I was like, okay, this, was, this is a four-star quarterback. That, that counts for something. Like, the people who are evaluating him know what they're doing. So uh, I think that the elite receivers that Indiana has and the offensive line they have, it's going to be a quarterback's best friend. I think they can go score for score with Wisconsin. Um, Lower scoring game. I like Wisconsin to win still by like three to seven, but I'll take two touchdowns with Indiana all day. Um, Love it. Yeah, love the Hoosiers in this spot. It's a lot of points to to lay with Wisconsin here. Let's go to the ACC. We got – the Virginia Tech Hokies hosting Clemson, coming off of a beatdown of Pitt. Virginia Tech, 22-point home underdogs. Daniel. We're ending with a couple of clashes of principle. All right. Obviously, I love a home dog, especially one who's getting 22 points. Um, that's super attractive to me. But, you know, little old Clemson, angry Davo. Um, it's just one of these – it's just – Amazing how he can continue to manufacture, you know, external noise telling them that they're not as good as they are. Um, I just, I mean, I look, I think that everything is just so far in Clemson's favor. And I think they've, like, until they're in the playoff, I think they've just got something to prove to everybody after losing to Notre Dame. Um, and then obviously all that that went down with Florida State. So I think they, I continue to ride it. Um, 22, I mean, it doesn't quite feel like enough. I'm going to lay the 22 with Clemson covering. Josh? I'm just, I mean, I don't know when this is getting posted, but we are recording on a Wednesday night. So they're playing the Alabama High School State Championship 7A game down in Bryant-Denny Stadium, which is a huge deal, trust me. Uh, And it's Auburn versus Thompson, where uh, Tua's baby brother went. And listen, I know you didn't ask me about this, but – Auburn High School is apparently up nine uh, with like 119 to go and somehow figured out a way to lose a state title game. So my phone's blown up right now. 
So that's a pretty big deal. Having said that, we, did, we, we are not sadists, so we didn't bet on a high school football game. But what we are talking <laughs> about is the Clemson game here. I do not think this number is nearly high enough. I'm very surprised the market is sitting where it is right now. I think Clemson is going to paint the walls with Virginia Tech's blood Saturday. So I will take Clemson any number under 30. Like I, It is full-scale run-it-up mode for them. I'll be on an island here again. I think Virginia Tech has enough offense. Why? To Why? <laughs> Why? They're, they're balanced on offense. Pretend your life depends on selling me on this. Please balanced on offense, Jacob, they're 93rd in the nation in passing. But listen, to cover a spread – now, hear me out. I have this written down. Okay, you're fine. Cover spread, you got to hold on to the ball. Got to have a nice rushing attack. They have that with Killer Herbert. He's averaging 8.2 yards per carry on the ground. Their offense is averaging 6.8 yards per play, which ranks top 25 in the country. I just think they have – Virginia Tech, the num- numbers-wise, has been surprisingly good on offense. And I like them to cover. Not like – I wrote down 38-23 Clemson. So, like, barely covering. Okay. But, so, let's say you live next door to, obviously, your neighbor, and you hadn't seen them in a little while. And there's a stack of newspapers on their front porch and the dog looks emaciated walking around the front yard. No one's fed him. And you walk by the neighbor's house and you smell something terrible. Context clues would tell you what? Neighbor's dead. Yeah. That's Virginia tech right now. Okay. That's Justin Fuente. That is what you're putting your money behind. So I don't want to tell you, man, I'm not, I'm not betting this game. (laughs) I'm just saying like, I have a, I don't smoke, but like there's a lighter over here to light a candle. If you want to hand me your money, I'll just light it on fire for you. Like, that's what you're looking to do. I can arrange so, that. And you won't have to watch the game. So I told Daniel, I, we, we had these lines written down. And I always go through the games and I like just like first instinct, who do I think based on the point spread? I always write that down and like, okay, then, then I do my deep dive. And I wrote down all seven favorites. And I was like, oh no, that, that, that's not going to happen this week. And so I went searching for underdogs to win, and then I picked two. Virginia Tech was one of them. So, spoiler alert, I've already picked my two underdogs, Indiana and Virginia Tech. (laughs) As we go to this last game, uh, Alabama and LSU. Josh, you've talked about it on your show, but I just – we all know how this game went down last year. Close game. I don't think everyone remembers that Alabama came back in the second half last year against LSU, which was the best team I've ever seen play LSU last year. And Alabama came back and made that game close. (laughs) A year removed from that, from LSU's national championship season, this line is even growing since we wrote this down. But we have 28 and a half down as a home underdog to Alabama. Daniel, that's a lot of points for a former national champion. Yeah, I – so, home dog, four touchdowns. Why am I this nervous even looking at that line on that side? Um, This, like I said, it's a clash of of principles, but I've got two principles on one side and one on the other. So, the you know, obviously the home dog, you know, by 20 points or more, that's – I mean, I'm usually all over that. But in this case, it's definitely warranted. Um, this is a saving principle. He doesn't lose two years in a row to anybody, um, ever. So not that this was what we're even questioning. We no Alabama is going to win this game. It's just by how much, 
um, that video getting out last year, the roll tide, you know, fill in the blank after that, uh, that, you know, Coach O had to say, I mean, this is just one of these where Alabama is not going to have any mercy. Um, it's going to be, they're going to run it up. Um, I think that Alabama is such a complete team right now. And even if they didn't try to run this game up, they'd win by 30 points. And that's how – oh, sorry, I didn't say the other principle. The other principle is fade LSU. So I'm fading LSU at this point, fading them at 28 and a half points. So those are my two reasons. Um, yeah, Alabama wins this easy – I mean, at least 35 points. That's That seems very reasonable to me, and that's crazy. But, yeah, Alabama laying 28 and a half. Josh? Motivation to get margin is the only thing that matters here. Um, there is a – if you've watched Alabama and you, you've you observed them for a long time, the way they handle these games where they can pretty much name the score, normally it looks like the Auburn game last week, 42-13. So that four-touchdown number, it's like right around that number, uh, they have an incredible propensity to land right around there. That's just how Saban manages those games. But most of the time he doesn't have a motivation to get margin on a team. Get the lead, get out healthy, put the backups in, let's move on to next week. I cannot overstate enough to you, being close to the program, I cannot overstate enough to you how badly they wanted to make this game happen. They fought and fought, and he called in every favor that he could to the league office to get this game played. They had to move the Arkansas game to get it played. I don't know if you guys are aware. That's not normal. They don't normally yeah. do that. So, so they're playing this game. There are guys who could be millionaires today who forwent the NFL draft to come back and get a shot at LSU. That's how serious it is. As much as was publicized last year, there was even more going on behind the scenes there. It is so ultra personal. There is stuff that has happened since then in the recruiting world. I'll leave it at that. That's going on. That is extremely personal. They, um, there will be no restrictor plate. There will be no off switch. You're going to see what it looks like for them to try and score on a dead body, essentially, for four quarters. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be terrible. It'll be put the women and children to bed, TDMA. It'll be all those things. I, I, I think it'll, it'll cruise past the numbers. So I'll lay the points. I'm not a big lay the big points guy, but I am with Clemson and Bama this week. Yeah, I I wrote down fifty two ten. Like I just it shock me at all. It would not shock me. It just shocked me if they don't score fifty. And I don't know if LSU is going to score ten. Like like I I'm like is LSU this defense of Alabama has gotten better and better and better and it's everyone else's worst nightmare. Joshua said in our reaction pod on Sunday that like hey the Death Star is operational at this point like everybody else needs to watch the heck out because Alabama is complete everyone talks about the offense but the defense I think everyone remembers the the Ole Miss game a little too much because the defense has come around they've got athletes and young athletes all over this defense I mean they've got true freshmen like Will Anderson that are making an immediate impact Jordan Battle's been a monster at safety I mean I, I just I don't know if LSU's going to be able to score because they don't have a great quarterback. I mean, Terrence Marshall opted out this week. I mean, they don't have a lot left, like you said. I mean, dead body. This is – I think I'd com like comfortably lay this, like, up to 35. I I'd comfortably, like, easily lay this game with Alabama. Yeah, it, 
if you like if you like a lot of points and watching a great football team play, watch this game on Saturday night because they're not going to hold anything back, and it'll be really fun if you're an Alabama fan or if you just want to watch some clean old fashioned revenge for yeah. Alabama. If you want to see violence, that's where this <laughs> violence. That's right. Well, LSU has nowhere to hide. Like that's they were running for that. Like when Josh brought it up about how much they didn't want to play this game and how much Alabama wanted to play this game. I mean, it's like you've you know you've done wrong and you're going to get a punishment for it, and you've been hiding from your dad all day, um, and he's home. So I just. I can't imagine – we're not close to the program. Josh, you, you, you're close to programs. But from what I saw publicly, like what went on behind the scenes? Because, I mean, I even remember the, the LSU players in Bryant-Denny Stadium running over to the recruit section to, like, showboat over there. Like, there was stuff that was planned before that game by LSU. And, yeah, the, the reckoning's coming here. Let me just tell you, uh, I mean, it's an age-old adage. But when they tell you, if you come at the King, you better not miss. You you got to do more than win a football game to take yep. King down. And um, I just don't know. It, it's been a long time since you will have turned on a football game and seen a four-touchdown favorite play with their hair on fire for four quarters like Alabama will Saturday. I, I just think it could be, it could be a, a historically ugly scene. I don't think I'm overselling this at all. I mean, if they, if they win 45 to 13, like whatever, I would be very surprised if it was just a, a garden variety blowout. Keep in mind, this is Alabama LSU we're talking about. The most consequential college football game pretty much every year for the past decade. And we're talking about, I mean, is 35 too low? Will, will, they, will they stretch it to 40-something? That's the conversation right now. Uh, suffice it to say, the king has not been taken out. No, he is not. Those are our seven games. Josh, I have one final question for you. You've gotten to go to some games. You get paid to go to games. What's the best football game that you've been to in person? Oh, the best one was the 2017 national title game. I mean, I'm, I'm standing 20 yards maybe from Devontae Smith catching a ball to win the national title game from, from a true freshman who uh, I think we remember by the name of Tuatonga Bailoa. I mean, that's, that's an hour up the road from my hometown it's two of the programs I covered ever since I've been in the media business and it's happening right there. Like one of the most historical moments in the history of sport happens and you're standing there. And I mean, that's, that's a pretty surreal moment. I mean, that's like one of those, you don't want to leave afterwards. You just kind of try and take it in. I mean, it, you do everything, but like fill out a journal entry right there. You just want to remember it. You just want to record and remember it. And I did. That's awesome. Yeah. What a game. <laughs> what, what, what a game indeed. Yeah, I, that's probably the best football game I've ever seen, ever watched. I don't know. The week before, that Rose Bowl was a pretty good game too. But. That was wild too, man. I was, I was down in the Superdome waiting for the Sugar Bowl to start and watching the Rose Bowl, again, being paid to do all this. I just want to keep reminding people of that because I can't believe it. And then you, you turn around and you see that next week. Now, here's, so here's what was crazy. So I'm there really covering both teams because they're both in our DMA, our viewing market. So you get locker room access at playoffs and national title games for college. So, um, you know, you go to the losing team's locker room first because they have a trophy presentation. So the winning team takes a while to get down the tunnel. So I'm in Georgia's locker room. I mean, it's, just, it's a funeral. It's as somber as you could ever imagine. And then you take it 
across the stadium, across the field, and then you go in the Alabama locker room, and it's like Mardi Gras. And so you experience both of those things, and it's, it's, it's so weird because you're normally not at a game to cover two teams, period. That's, that's what happens when two teams from your DMA clash in your DMA in Atlanta, by the way. So you could, you could cover this thing 100 years, and you probably never experience anything like that again. Awesome. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Late Kick Josh. You can subscribe to the 247 YouTube channel and watch his Late Kick Live YouTube shows. And Josh, you've also got podcasts. The Late Kick. Is it just called the Late Kick Podcast? Yeah, they put it out there everywhere, man. Just <laughs> me, it's a little overexposed, but it is what it is. <laughs> Josh, thanks so much. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, Daniel and I, at Deep South Daniel and then at Jacob Carnes with a K and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at our podcast page at the extra point pod. We'll post some graphics. We'll post our picks this week. Gentlemen, any final thoughts? I'm just excited to watch this slate. Um, you know, COVID permitting um, no more games get canceled. We don't have to make any changes on the fly. Um, I am interested to see though, if those two big favorites cover now that we're all on it so the nightcap the nightcap josh thank you so much again we super appreciate you being here on the show absolutely guys i enjoyed it thank you so much that will do it for this edition of the extra point he is daniel he is josh i am jacob see you